the near hash mark. Edmonds is to the right of King. Two to the far side right, one on the near side left. Four-man front showing for the cross. They bring it's a blitz. Smell a record. It's to Edmonds, he runs left. He's got room across the 30, running across the 20. Down to the near sideline, he's out of bounds. At the 10-yard line, and Chase Edmonds is the Patriot League's all-time leading rusher. It's first and goal for Fordham from the Holy Cross 10. Ball on the far hash mark, Rams moving from left to right. Anderson the gun, Edmonds to his right. Two receivers flap to each side. Snap, the give, Edmonds, he's running up the middle, breaks a tackle, running left, and he's gonna walk into the end zone for a Fordham Rams touchdown. High snap, give, it's Chase, he's running left, he's got a hole, and he's breaking free, running to the near pylon, and he's in for the Fordham Rams touchdown. And we would like to welcome all of our great listeners to the Monday Night Quarterback Program. My name is James Cargan. Filling in for the guru, Tommy Aldridge, is Dom Muscarella, who did a great job on the sideline a couple days ago. And joining us, as always, is the head coach of the Fordham University Rams, Andrew Breiner. Coach, great to have you here again. Thanks for having me, guys. Obviously, uh, this this week's game was not did not go as planned on homecoming day. But uh, first, we want to focus we want to focus on all the positives, of course. But so, what positives uh, can you take out of the game? Well, I, I think although it happened much later in the season than than we had originally hoped and anticipated, uh, for Chase Edmonds to to set the Patriot League rushing record, and I believe also the all-purpose yards record, um, something that, that is positive, something that should be celebrated. Uh, Chase has, has been a, an impact player here since the, the day he arrived, um, you know, and, and as the years went on, it, and even talking to other coaches in the Patriot League that, that have been in it much longer than I have, you know, Chase now is, is at the top of the record books and, and cements himself as one of, if not the best player to ever play in this league. So, so that's a positive. Um, you know, continue to be in positions that that some guys get experience. Um, you know, Austin King and, and Luke Medlock um, getting some some additional reps and experience with Kevin Anderson going down. I know that we'll learn from that experience, and, and it'll make us better in the future. Um, so, those are the positives. I guess as far as Chase is concerned, I, on the sideline, the uh, players were clearly having a good time with his return. They were chanting at times, he's back, he's back, with his you know record-breaking run. So what's it like from like a team morale perspective as far as having a player of Chase's caliber return from a long absence to come back for the end of the season in his final season as a Fordham Ram? I, I think the impact it has is a degree of confidence um, knowing that that you have that type of player back on the field um, you know I, I think you know as, as a coach as a player you know a player you know to have someone of Chase's caliber in the lineup healthy and ready to go it does it gives you a sense of, of confidence that, that things will um, you know that he'll have a chance to impact the game and of course the game uh, is will partially be defined unfortunately by the injury the injuries, really, to Kevin Anderson. Uh, first of all, from the perspective of the other quarterbacks, uh, what led you to go with Austin King in at first uh, over Luke Medlock? 
a personnel decision based on information that that we had and and injury reports and and things of that nature. Okay, and how can you how do you assess uh, how do you assess the the performance of Austin King in his first real time uh, under center or in the shotgun? <laughs> You're not really under center, but uh, not in, in the, the Bronx. Nope. At quarterback for the Fordham Rams. I I think when you look at the tape and, and literally just left the room watching the tape with them, um, you know, there's flashes. There There's some flashes of, of talent. There's some flashes of very early understanding of what we're trying to do with the offense. Um, Austin King, Luke Medlock will continue to improve. And, and as I said after the game yesterday, I said it again in the room, with them today there is a standard for this position at this school in this program and we will get those guys to play to that standard so we mentioned kevin anderson going down kind of in and out in this one in the first half and then didn't play in the second half but dominic lombard as well sustained an injury didn't return what's it like to kind of see on top of Edmonds and a bunch of the other injuries that you've seen so far this year, what's it like to kind of sit there and say, "Hey, how do you how do you feel on the sidelines to watch all these players kind of go out and not be able to do too much about it?" You know, as far as how it affects us as a, a football program, in, in the middle of a game, you're not thinking about it. You're thinking, okay, check check the depth chart. Who goes in next? And, and you know, we've said here for six years that that we have a next man in mentality, and and that's not a line that that we give to the media that gets said in our meeting room and it's the absolute truth um you know subconsciously emotionally it hurts i hurt for those those student athletes that that are injured um you know the emotion that that kevin had coming out of the tent the second time um you know broke my heart on a personal level um he is He's a fighter, um, he's a battler, and he was doing everything he could to stay in that game, and his body just wouldn't allow it. So, you know, I, I, I hurt for them, um, you know, on a personal level. But from a football standpoint, next man in. You know, and <clears throat> and regarding Kevin and his injury, just from even from a human standpoint, just to see him get off the turf twice, really, and go, and go off clearly – in a heap of pain and to go back onto the field and do and and do all he can to help his team win even in a a a less than stellar season in just the second to last game of the season it's really it really speaks volumes and I know I say it over and over again but coaches all the time they always talk about how they want to change the culture or build the culture or maintain the culture that kind of performance and that kind of toughness to me speaks more about the culture than than anything that any coach can really say yeah I, I I don't disagree with that you know there was actually a play in the Lehigh game um and, and Kevin had you know battling the same injury in, in that game that it was I believe it was the second play of the first half or the se- second play of the second half D'Angelo Palladino's 70 yard touchdown run that Kevin handed the ball off to D'Angelo and then you watch D'Angelo break into the open field. All of a sudden, you know, on the, the left side of the screen, you see Kevin essentially on one leg sprinting his tail off to go and possibly get a block for D'Angelo. And I, I took the time and I pointed it out in the offensive unit meeting last Sunday night. And, and it just 
And I said to Kevin, you in that clip tell me everything I need to know about you as a person. And I, he is, he's a fighter. He, he, he battles. He, he's so competitive. He cares so much about his teammates and his teammates' success. You know, Kevin Anderson is a, a special young man. Kevin Anderson is going to be extremely successful in whatever he attacks, you know, in life. I Nobody here can disagree with that. I want to talk about a play that was made in the game. Dylan Mabin has uh, been a ball hawk this year, leading the NCAA in passes defended. But it wasn't a pass defended that really uh, changed the game in the first half for you guys. It was a pass that was caught by the the opposing player. But Dylan made a a spectacular strip. But that play... uh, elicited the strongest reaction from me in the booth and from you guys on the sideline. How big has he been at quarterback and what kind, and just take us through that play itself. Yeah, no, I mean, Dylan has had an outstanding season. Um, as you mentioned, uh, NCAA leader in passes defended, um, you know, really, you didn't see them try to isolate him one-on-one, you know, into the into the boundary. Um, you know, I think he's made a pretty strong statement with his play. That particular play, they ran a crossing route with the receiver. Um, and, and what I saw was what Coach Bowes and Coach Perkins and, and us as a staff have been talking about um, with the defensive backs in practice, knowing that practice habits show up in the game. Compete, 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 and compete until the whistle. Um, ball got caught. Dylan kept competing, and he got the ball out. Coach, we will have you back on later in the show, but first we get to talk to your wide receivers coach, Andre Barboza, in our X's and O's segment. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. It's It's been an interesting year to be the wide receivers coach, and we're going to get to all the guys on the team and what makes them all, all unique, but... You know, as a young coach, you only graduated in 2012. Yes, sir. Uh, what type of how, – how is it to be one of the younger guys on the staff, and what type of advice have you received in your career to get you to this point? Uh, well, I'm a little older. Went to school a little late, but, you know, young in my coaching career. Um, you know, some things I've learned early on was just to work hard, to be demanding of your players and for – Foremost, you have, first and foremost, you have to show them that you care, care about their well-being, care about their success on and off the field. Um, and I think holding on to those values have definitely helped me. Any of the coaches on the staff in particular helped you, you know, kind of get the ropes of coaching early on? Uh, I've learned a lot from all of them. Um, Coach Bronner's done a great job, obviously, the offense and everything. Um, learned a lot from him offensively, off, offensive staff guys. Coach Galt, you know, with the run game stuff and then the whole defensive staff is just – you know, their ideas and schematics and whatnot. It's definitely picking up something new every single day, so I'm appreciative of that. Now, of course, the two biggest names on your receiving core this season have been Austin Longy and Corey Cattle, who incredibly have only been on the field together during one game, uh, which was the opener against Army, <laughs> where Austin got hurt. Yeah. Corey car- sort of carried the offense until he got hurt when Austin came back. <laughs> The immediately following that injury. So I want to talk about Austin first because at times he's really carried the entire offense. He, what what unique skill set does he possess to do that? Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, he's he's made some great plays, but 
I don't think any one person carries the offense. You know, we Austin's not catching those balls if the offensive line doesn't block and the quarterback doesn't make the throw. But, um, you know, he's a very, very quick – he's probably the most athletic receiver I've ever seen. Um, great ball skills, great hands to the ball. And, you know, to me, I still think he has room to grow um, in his development. But he is he's a special player. You talked about room to grow. A lot of these wide receivers are juniors, so meaning they have one more year left here. How do you think they can grow in their last year as for, at for, as Fordham Rams? Uh, I think just improving their technique, you know, their their work ethic continue to grow. Um, you know, I think they have the confidence and they obviously have put together on film and on the field of having success and making plays. They're just going forward, just continue to get better with their technique and the little things and make the big things happen. One guy that has emerged – this year is Andrew Prince. Uh, obviously, guys went down earlier on in the season, and he really stepped up, caught a bunch of touchdown passes earlier on in the year. He had a, a, an illness yes. recently, if I'm not mistaken, that kept him out for a couple of weeks. Was he? Was it surprising at all to see him produce as much as he did this year, and, and what does he possess that made that happen? Um it was a little surprising. You know, he was injured in the spring when I first got here. Didn't get to see him do much. He came into camp, and, I mean, he took every rep. He didn't miss a day, and he just got better and better. And over time, I'm looking, I'm like, man, he's, this kid's pretty good. And then his opportunity came, and he didn't look back. He just stepped up. He made plays. And he's he is very technical. He is, you know, he's twitchy. He's fast enough, quick enough, but he is very, 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 very technically sound, and he has great hands, and he's a hard worker. I think more than anything, he works hard. He works hard at his craft. One other guy that uh, has emerged this year, Jonathan Lumley, who has been injured in the past uh, and had some had several uh, big games this year, like monster games, and we all know that he's a big receiver but he's also a big play receiver. What's it like working with him? John is the, to me, has the biggest ceiling of the group. His size, his speed, his ball skills, he has, you know, uncapped potential in my, my, my eyes. Um, you know, him, he's he's probably the, one of the youngest guys, but he, he's really come along with his technique, you know, his approach to practice, his approach to game days. He, I mean, sky's the limit for him. He just... He possesses something you don't see in the Patriot League with his size and speed. So, you know, he's got a bright future if he continues to work at it. Yeah, uh, I think that all the receivers on this uh, Fordham receiving core have has had has uh, a skill set that they bring to the table, sort of a unique skill set. And you've had to sort of go deep into the bench uh, <laughs> this season. We've seen... Noah Nix on the field. We've seen uh, Joe Ferraro on the field. We've seen Hunter Harris on the field. It's uh, sort of a new breed mm-hmm. of of Fordham wideouts. Uh, what can you? What? How do you keep those guys prepared in practice to potentially and then actually get into the game? You know, everybody's you know from the meeting room to the practice field locked in because especially with this year, you never know next guy up. So. You know, guys are taking notes. They're taking the same thing of the guy, taking the same information that the guy in front of them is getting. So when their time is called, they're ready to go. Um, you know, Noah's been here, Dwayne for his time. He had his opportunity. He stepped out, made some plays for us last week. You know, Joe Ferraro is a guy who comes out every day and works hard. He came on the field, and, you know, he I mean, he continues to get better and better every single day and every single week. Hunter Harris, very young freshman. 
Um, but great, great, great speed, um, a lot of potential. And, again, it's just being locked in and making sure when you're not getting those reps, you're getting the mental reps as well. Uh, and, you know, guys just being ready to go. Do you have to change your approach when mentoring, say, a, a freshman, like a young freshman like Hunter Harris versus a guy who's been here for a couple of years? Or do you generally think a one-size-fits-all thing is better suited? Uh, it's more of a one-size-fits-all type of thing. The private talks are a little different. You know, I'll try to pull a younger guy, you know, pull him aside, let him know why I'm getting on him so hard. But, you know, the expectations are the same, whether you're a senior, junior, sophomore, freshman, backup, third string, whatever. If you're in there, you're expected to be able to perform. So, you know, it's my job to be, you know, on on them just as I would as a starter. You know, some of these guys uh, with, uh, with the injuries to receivers and then, of course, this past week to quarterbacks, how difficult is it for these guys to get the timing going with, uh, a player like Kevin Anderson, say when Joe Ferraro nor Nick steps in the game, they may, may not be taking as many first-team reps in practice. How difficult is that for them to understand the timing and get the timing down with the quarterback? Well, it it is definitely not easy. Um, it's not easy at all. But, you know, we're we're not a program that's going to make excuses. And, you know, like I said, everything is measured out by yardage and drops and steps and timing, so everyone's expected to – to make it work, but it is, it's is—it's not easy. But we just have to find a way to make it work just by following our rules. And uh, it, it's almost, it, it you know, it, with Austin King and Medlock playing in this pass game, it's almost as if uh, some of the players in the game were more used to dealing with uh, those those two particular quarterbacks that have not been the star this year. Corey Cattle uh, is a guy that really really ca- uh, stepped up big in the first few weeks mm-hmm. of the season, unfortunately, before uh, his injury. How mm-hmm. how much of an impact has his loss been? Huge. Um, you know, Corey was having a great, great season before he got hurt. I mean, he was top 10 in, I want to say, every receiving category in the country before he got hurt. You know, and it's just his his practice habits were great, and he he provided great leadership to the room, to the to the younger guys of, hey, this is how it's done. You know, you put that type of production with that type of work ethic, you're going to get a great culture in your room. So he is missed, and hopefully, you know, he'll be back soon and be able to continue where he left us. And that, that culture comes a lot from a lot of the guys that have that have been here before, May, even before you came here. I remember my freshman year, uh, Tabucky Jones, Sam Ajala, and... Brian Wetzel were the three wide receivers that were here. How have you? How much have you heard about the guys in the past? How much is do the culture from players past uh, bring? How much of that culture comes forward to the later years to come? Even with your guys this year, you know, there's been a lot of you know this program has a lot of success in the past, especially in the past game. Um, and you know those that's kind of the standard that's the way that they've they've had success the way they've made it clear that things are supposed to be done and we understand the you know what's expected of us as a group and the torch that we kind of have to try to carry on and it's our job to continue to get better get healthy and try to see what we can do to try to compete with those guys absolutely coach thank you very much for coming on here and uh, best of luck this coming week and your future as a coach thank you very much guys thank you James Cargan, Dom Muscarelli here for our Inside the Huddle segment. And we have our most special guest for the first time this year on the Inside the Huddle segment. 
Fordham stalwart stallion Chase Edmonds, the new all-time Patriot League rushing leader. Chase, first of all, congratulations. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, after, you know, you've been on the cusp of that record for a few weeks now, on the shelf for a couple of those weeks. Now that you've got the record, what does it mean to you? Well, you know, first and foremost, uh, I just give all the glory to God, and I, I thank him for the tremendous career that he's allowed me to have, and especially with the teammates that I've been blessed to have and the coaching staff. And uh, obviously, for me, you know, I set high expectations for myself, and this year just has been really, really hard for me, both physically and mentally. But uh, it's really good to know that, you know, I still was blessed enough to, to get that record, and it feels great. You know, it feels great to have something where people really can't take away from you until someone else comes along and, and does it better. You mentioned about the hardships. <laughs> How how is the the injuries you and the team has dealt with yeah. this year kind of felt you know on a team perspective and then on an individual perspective and then how did it feel to be back out there this week? Uh, I think on the team perspective, it uh, it teaches you a lot. You know, with the next man up mentality that you can't really make no excuses. You know, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of teams can easily say, "Oh, well, we're missing our best players," and they can make that excuse for themselves. And we don't put ourselves in that. You know, we find ourselves to be an elite team. Regardless of what our record says, obviously we've been nagged up a little bit, but really you have to get that mentality in your team because it really carries on through generations. And, uh, you know, guys will know that it doesn't matter what number is in there. It's always the Fordham standard. You know, whether it's Kevin Anderson at quarterback, Austin King, Luke Medlock, or Chase Edmonds at running back, D'Angelo Palladino, Zach Davis, it doesn't really matter. You know, the expectation does not change. And I think on an individual level, for me, it's really made me mature and grow as a, as a man, you know, to realize, you know, it's no such thing as a perfect story. I've been blessed, you know, obviously have a great, my first three years here at Fordham, and then finally I kind of got nagged up a little bit, but it just taught me a lot about, you know, being patient, really humbled me to just realize, you know, never to take anything for granted for what you have gotten. And uh, <clears throat> not surprised that you wouldn't take anything for granted. You sort of took the, the road less traveled to get to the status that you are now. You weren't too highly recruited from FBS schools, uh, I know the story that you were an alternate in the big 33 right. All-Star game and won, went on to win MVP for that. Do you, you do you play with a chip on your shoulder? Yes, and I'll tell you what, that chip has grown uh, a lot, you know, this this past year. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I finally got a little taste of what it felt like to, to be considered the best player, you know, in the country. And now, you know, got knocked right back down, but it's okay. I kind of live for the underdog role anyways. I kind of like it, you know, I like being that guy that's overlooked, that's overshadowed, just makes me work harder and want to be the best. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not exactly uh, the tallest running back. We all <laughs> right. We all know that. Some some scouts find that as a, a knock against yeah, you, yeah. but uh, they see you play and they see your leadership. And I, I want to talk about the, the leadership for a second. Coach Briner uh, told us, first of all, it was in the – I I forget which which game it was. I think it was the one of the it was one of the games you missed. I think it was the Georgetown game, okay. where you did not walk out as as one of the four captains for right, the coin yeah. toss. And I asked Coach Briner about that off the record afterwards, and <clears throat> he told he told me the what I'm going to share now, and that's that you offered to give it to it was Garrett was it Garrett Donaldson? Yes, Garrett Donaldson because of the way he was leading during warm-ups and that that kind of story just it really hits home for for me and a lot of the fans who might 
be be listening to that. What do you take pride in how you lead the team? Well, it's it's funny, you know. I remember growing up, coming uh, forward to my freshman sophomore year, really mainly. I really didn't accept that leadership role. I kind of just like to stay to my own, worry about what I had to do, make sure I was doing my job correct before I even even thought about looking at someone else and really trying to guide them. But, uh, you know, I really learned to take it on and just be that guy that the young kids can look up to, be that guy that they can look at and say, you know, I want to be like Chase. I want to work how Chase works. I want to do the things that Chase did, that Chase does and prepare like Chase so that I can be, you know, an exceptional football player. And for me, it, it that leadership role really accelerated this year because of the injury. I had to find different ways to motivate players, even though I wasn't necessarily motivate, motivating them with my presence on the field. I had to find a way to motivate them with my words, and that's where I feel like I've grown a lot this past year. On the subject of motivation and leadership, you know, D'Angelo Palladino had this yeah, huge game yeah. last week. As a, as a sophomore running back and you as a senior, has there anything has there been anything you've said to him that you, you know, kind of you know, either wished you knew or think was important to you to pass down as a fellow running back? Same goes for Zach Davis, too. Right. Um, really, football-wise, I really <clears throat> try to develop their eyes. I know as a young running back, it's hard to really, excuse me, to stay patient and develop your eyes and when, when you're making your reads. But other than that, I've kind of just told them, you know, stick to their path, run how they know how to run, don't try to run like somebody else. You know, you've gotten – to be a Division One football running back because you've been blessed with the skills that you have and run how you know how to run that you've been running in high school and all the way to this point. And you know, I was so happy for D'Angelo when he had that game, man. It was it was awesome just to see on the sidelines, and I felt <laughs> it was great. You know, I was really happy for him just because his number got called and he didn't shy away from it. And, you know, he, he stole the spotlight, and that was it was awesome to see. Now, this uh, for you as the star football player on campus, there's always going to be distractions. You know, you're the hashtag BMOC big man on campus. and uh, <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and, and whatnot. Uh, I, to be honest, you know, sometimes even when I'm out with my friends, you know, walking down Arthur Ave or something, they see you walking down the maybe the other <clears> side <throat> of the street. They got, they're like, oh, that's him. There he is. There's Chase. Not screaming it, of course, right, right. but just like... You know, when you walk down the street, everybody, you know, knows who you are. But this year, the distractions, the potential distractions sort of took to a whole another level with your with the potential of the national record. You're being an All-American and being potentially something uh, at the next level. I, I know that players always like to say, oh, we just got to keep your eye, our eyes forward and work hard. But is it is how hard is it to to keep all of the noise out of your head and just focus on football? Well, for me, uh, the noise motivates me. You know, um, when I hear people say that Chase isn't the best or Chase is the best, either if they say Chase isn't the best, I say to myself, I'm going to prove them wrong. Or if they say Chase is the best, I say, you're damn right, I work for it. Um, and I really did work for everything I've earned. I think, though, with ignoring the noise and really ignoring the outside crowd, you have to just have tunnel vision. You have to just focus on your main goals how can I get to those goals and make sure that I can get to that I'm doing something to help me get achieve those goals every single day, every single hour of my life? You know, um, I think it's really important for young players to realize how focused you have to be to be a really, really great football player. It's not a lot. Not, it's not a lot of really great football players out there, and those guys do things the extra mile, the extra step to separate themselves from the rest of the pack, and that's something that I take pride in. 
Abs- <clears throat> without a doubt, and uh, I've been watching the the Chasing Greatness series uh, on uh, produced by Fordham Athletics. You can watch that right now on the Fordham Athletics page on uh, on YouTube. And one thing uh, that you have to that you one other distraction, or yeah. I I, wouldn't, I don't want to call it a distraction because it's a good distraction. Is uh, your daughter? It's, right. You, you have a two year old daughter, and it's I can't even you know I'm. I, I've I struggle sometimes just being an announcer and being a, <laughs> a, a student at, at this university. But to to be a student at this high quality university, to to be a, a football player at your level, and also to be a father, how just talk about what what that's like. So uh, you know it's it's extraordinary. I would say it's um when it first happened, and I remember being that freshman. I had Brian Wetzel. Sam was y'all and Kevin Anderson when I first found out Avery was born next to me. And uh, they all patted me on the back, called me dad, and uh, I went home to see my daughter. And, you know, fast forward now, I'm a senior, more of a grown man. Avery's now two and a half. It's just, it's been an unbelievable experience to watch her grow, but more importantly to have her effect on me and, and really how she has made me grow as, as a man. And to have that responsibility on your shoulders that you have to make certain decisions, you know, other decisions that other college kids might not have to make. Like, I remember I couldn't go to spring break with my guys because that's my time to see Avery and really have my time with Avery. And um, I think it's, it's such a blessing just to watch my daughter get older and the personality that she carries now, the love I have for her and the love she has for me. You know, when I have those FaceTime calls with her, it's it's really a feeling that you can't describe until you're put in that position one day. And um I just don't take it, not a moment granted for her. It's that's it's really just a, a great story uh, to to hear about Avery and you know and uh, talk about fathers and father figures. You were recruited. Fordham was uh, confirm this for me. Fordham was your first offer. Correct. Yes. Wow. So you spent two years with Joe Moorhead as your head coach yes. and two years with Andrew Briner as your head coach. Joe obviously doing great things right now in, in uh, Happy Valley, even though they took a hard loss this, this past weekend, unfortunately for them. But uh, talk about your relationship with your coaches, with the people that have shaped your career and have, have made you the player and the person that you are today. Great relationships, you know, um, especially with Coach Bronner. Coach Bronner, he, he allows me on certain games, like I remember uh, what game was, I think it was last year, Lehigh game. Avery got to come to my football game, and that was the first game she's ever been to. Mm. So he let me, you know, go back home with Avery for that day after the game was over and just spend that night with her and then come back to the team and go to football activity Sunday. So a lot a lot of coaches won't do that. You know, a lot of guys will have to just see their daughter after the game then get on the bus and go back with the team. But, you know, he, he makes those ex- exceptions for me because he knows how important it is for me to, to be that young father and to be that role model for Avery. And I really appreciate that, you know. In the college business, college football business, you know, people take stuff like that for granted, and I certainly don't. The relationship I have with Coach Bonner now has been going on for five years, ever since my high school year as a senior. And uh, I just remember, I still remember the first time he came to my practice and we were running suicides or something like that. And he just, I'm finishing first on all the suicides, but I'm slowing up like the last two yards. And he just got on me talking about run through the line, run full speed through the line at that time. I didn't know. I didn't really take much of it. I didn't know. I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, I'm still finishing first. But now as you grow older, you understand things. It's just all about finishing at 100%. Just like 
you finish your first rep just like it's your last rep and vice versa. And that's something that just really has grown with me and Coach Bonner's relationship. We've gotten so much closer, and it's just been awesome. And, of course, uh, this season ha- has not gone the way that right. you've planned or really anyone else has planned. What do you take from this season going forward uh, do through the the NFL process, which I'll get to in a second, but the, the, you said the chip has grown this season, and I, I certainly understand that. How how difficult, really, has it been? Because I know how much you love to be on the yeah. field. You know, even seeing you uh, being a captain during warm-ups when you're in street clothes, I can still see that intensity. Just talk about what, what it's like to, to deal with all of this. Uh, it's been extremely difficult, honestly. Uh, but one thing it's taught me is just that Life is going to have ups and downs, and I've talked to multiple people, and especially my father, for the advice, and he talks to me about the next level, and he always says, you know, well, they're, they're, you're going to have days, you're going to have to pick me up and put me down days. You just got to weather the storm and really make sure the good days aren't really, really high and make sure the bad days aren't really, really low. And that's one thing this year has taught me. This adversity has really just taught me to balance it out and just take it as it comes, man, and just really continue to fight and always fight and always keep that grind going. And talking, looking at, looking ahead to, uh, obviously there's one more game this season, but you will be preparing, I assume, for the NFL draft and looking for a combine invite and having a pro day. What do you expect from that process, and how do you feel like your time here with at Fordham under coaches Moorhead and Briner, how do you feel that that will prepare you for, that has prepared you for the process to come? Well, I'll get to the first part of the question, so... I'm truly, truly amped and excited, you know, to get that process going. I graduate this fall, so once that's up, I'll find my training uh, spot and I'll, I'll go in my dungeon and, uh, and I'll get to work. But uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait for it. I've been dreaming for it as a, as a little kid, man. And I've always been the underdog, like I've said. And to finally just get to this moment to have a chance at, you know, continuing my football career is, is such a blessing and it's awesome for me. And I think that uh, my time under Coach Moore and Coach Bronner Really, the one thing that those two have taught me the most is just preparation and preparation, more preparation. You really, you can't, you can't hope to be successful at something if you don't prepare for it. You know, like Coach Moorhead has a quote of, you can't have million dollar dreams on the minimum wage work ethic. And I just feel like, you know, that speaks volumes to my life right now. Uh, I got million dollar dreams and you obviously got to match it with a million dollar work ethic. So I'm ready for the, the journey. I'm ready for the challenge and I can't wait to get to it. You mentioned graduating this fall. James mentioned one game left this season. What are some things you're looking for in that last game as a Fordham Ram? Finish strong and just finish the way that things are supposed to go. Obviously, for whatever reason, things didn't go the way they did. You can't do nothing about it. You can't work. You can't really, oh, man, you know, I wish this would have happened. I wish that would have happened. You can't really dwell on the past. You got to just continue to move forward. And really, I just want to make sure that we can send these seniors out and these guys the way they deserve to be sent out and finish with a win and finish playing our best football. You know, this being your last game and and your last semester here at Fordham University, I I know uh, as well as anyone that this is this is really a special place. This yeah. is a place where, you know, boys grow up to be men, and you learn uh, the values that <clears throat> it takes to to succeed in the next level, not just in football, but in life. Uh, just talk about what Fordham University uh, means to you and what it's given you through throughout these last four years. Man, uh, Fordham's given me some of the best relationships with people that I'll ever have. You know, I met my best friend here, Kevin Anderson. You know, I know I'll 
always have my dog with me going through the years. And uh, I met a lot of great people who just influenced me on on so many different levels at this place. And I cherish those relationships. I know that I'll always have those guys years to come down the road. You know, when we'll be grown men someday and we'll come back to, to the games and dwell on remembering playing on Jack Coffee Field and having those Saturdays and ringing the bell. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. You know, it's just my time here has went by so fast. <laughs> and to this day, I, I don't know why, but I still remember my freshman year the most. I'm not sure why. Maybe just because uh, that's when I had Avery and just when, you know, I was kind of still transitioning, learning how to transition in, into college football and just college itself. But to fast forward three years and I'm a senior now, it's, uh, it, it you know, it, it goes by really, really fast. And I'm so happy that I chose Fordham. And we are more, and Fordham is even more happy that you chose Fordham. <laughs> Real quick, one last time, let's hear your record-breaking play. Ball in the near hash mark, Edmonds is to the right of King. Two to the far side, right, one on the near side, left. Four-man front showing for the cross. They bring I a blitz. a record. It's to Edmonds, he runs left. He's got room across the 30, running across the 20. Down to the near sideline, he's out of bounds at the 10-yard line, and Chase Edmonds. Is the Patriot League's all-time leading rusher. Indeed he is. And Chase, thank you for being here. And thank you for everything that you've brought to this team, the program, and this university. From everyone here at WFUV, at Fordham, we just want to, we just want to express our gratitude for what you've done and putting us on the map, really. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you and good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. Back here with head coach Andrew Briner for our Looking Ahead segment. As we look ahead to the next two weeks, first off the bye week. What do you do as a staff to prepare your team during the bye week? What's the protocol that you guys have? Yeah, there's a couple different things that that we'll do. Um, First and foremost, in terms of the student-athletes, we want to give them a chance to to get some rest, to, to heal up, um, to recover a little bit. It's been, you know, 10 straight weeks. There's some wear and tear, you know, just in addition to the injuries that are, that are obvious that have caused guys to, to miss time. Just the, the, you know, the guys that have been out there the whole time, their, their bodies are beat up. So give them a little bit of a chance to, to rest and recover. Um, as a coaching staff, uh, give us a chance to self-scout a little bit and, and take a look at, at what we've been doing, uh, look for tendencies, look for things that, that we could uh, – uh, we can do better or, or look for ideas that complement um, some things that we've already been doing. And then we want to develop, um, you know, this late in the season with the way the season has gone. Um, you know, we have an opportunity to get out on the practice field a couple times this week and get a jump on Bucknell, um, but also spend a little bit of extra time in individual drills and, and getting some some work in with, with some young guys uh, that, that are going to help us two weeks from now when we play Bucknell, but also guys that are going to help us going forward. So you've got this bye week with just one game left in the season. Kind of looking at the way the season has developed with the injuries that have happened, would there have been another time you would have preferred to have this bye week? Is there a time as a coach you like having the bye week earlier or later, or is it something that just doesn't really matter to you? I have zero control over it. So um, I... I I really try to focus on the things that I can control and, and not the ones that don't. I am sure every coach in the country would tell you that he'd like the bye week right in the middle of the season. Um, but I, I I don't give it any thought because um, I don't control it. 
we've known in past schedules how uh, you would much prefer to control the schedule. There's been sometimes we've had uh, bad breaks in the schedule, but of course, Again, not, completely out of here. Not our control. We we have to to line up and and play the schedule that's presented to us. No excuses. Got to got to go win football games. In two weeks' time, senior day at the Jack, taking on the Bucknell Bison. What do you look for from the Bison? Oh man, uh, I I love. I say this. I, I'm a Bucknell fan. Ten weeks of the year, um, <laughs> just the the way Coach Susan, who is someone that is a mentor of mine, um, you know the the way his program plays football, they do it the right way. They're they're tough. They're physical. Um, they they do the little things well. Any of the the Fordham Ram fans that are out there knows that this will be a hard-fought, physical, down-to-the-wire football game because it always is against Bucknell. So I, I expect the same thing. Um, they're, they're having another great year on defense. Um, offensively, they're starting to do some things a little bit differently. Um, they've had some some great games. They've, they've struggled a little bit at times, um, but they will be fundamentally sound. They will play extremely hard. They will be coached very, very well, um, and it's always – I, I enjoy competing against Bucknell um, just because it, it's it's football the way football is meant to be played. Absolutely, and of course, it being senior day, it's always a uh, bitter, I would call it bittersweet, but most of the time it's just bitter to just to say goodbye to the players that have put four years of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears into this football program, especially your four senior captains, Kevin Anderson, Chase Edmonds, Manny Adieye, and Caleb Ham. Just how tough is it to say goodbye to those guys? Yeah, the, this one will be this one will be tough. Um, you know, I through whether it was recruiting process or position coach or or you know just making that transition from assistant coach to head coach. You know, all four of those guys and so many others that that we don't have time to mention each of them by name. But I some really special relationships um that that i personally have have developed with with some of these guys in in the senior class it'll be it'll be an emotional day um there's there's no there's no doubt about that chase told us earlier about the story of you coming to his practice for the first time when he was finishing first in the sprint and he may have uh let off a little bit the past two the last couple feet and you told him to finish every time and I, th- those stories like that are really what what defines relationships for me between coaches and players. You can't replicate that anywhere else. No, I you know I I, I remember that day, that moment vividly. Um, you know, Chase. I, I've known Chase, Chase since he was 17 years old. Uh, I've watched him grow into a man that that everyone can be proud of, and and that has nothing to do with records or touchdowns um you know it'll be like i said it'll be emotional so this is their last game not necessarily the last game for most of the rest of the roster so what are some of the things you've seen from anderson and edmonds that they've kind of passed down to the rest of the team as far as leadership skills are concerned two areas work ethic um, setting a standard for for how you prepare, um, whether that be in the off season or in season, um, and and competitiveness. You know, I, I when I think of of in my career coaching eleven seasons, I can't think of any two individuals 
that were that are more competitive by nature than Chase Edmonds and Kevin Anderson. The 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 burning desire to win, to win, to win, to win uh, in those two guys is is unbelievable. Um, you know, the only other guy I could put up there is Mike Niebrick, um, but guys that are just so competitive, um, and, and those are those are the impacts that they'll leave on this program for a long time. And absolutely, it, there are some players that really can't be be replaced uh, on any team or in in any program. And those guys, along with the aforementioned Mike Niebrick, who I saw play in my freshman year yeah. of, of college, and that, those performances still still resonate with me. Uh, just being at the Jack and watching that brilliance to take into the off season, the momentum not just of of a win but of developing the guys that are going to be on the field next season. How important is that in the final, in the final game? Uh, incredible. Uh, incredibly important. You know, I, the, the offseason is long, um, and, and if you can go into it with at least the last game being a winner, you don't have to wait months and months and months and months to be a winner again. Um, you know, you know it, it, it's... It's important. It's important on, on a lot of different levels. So, um, yeah, we, we need to build as much momentum as we can um, and, and send the seniors out, you know, with, with a win. That, that's important to me, too. Absolutely. No, they, after this season, it would really be a feel-good uh, moment to get that win over Bucknell and finish the season off strong. Coach, uh, thank you, as always, for, for being here. And uh, best of luck in the bye week and in the the season finale. Thank you guys very much. It's been a pleasure. Well, Dom, it certainly has it been the season that Fordham Ram fans have hoped for or planned for, but the silver lining is they do have an opportunity in two weeks to get a win in their final game of the season in senior day in the final game at Jack Coffee Field and the final game for Kevin Anderson, Chase Edmonds, and the seniors. It's been a tough one, but again... Kevin Anderson, Chase Edmonds, going into their final games of their Fordham careers. They've been, as you've said, stalwarts for the Fordham Rams over the course of their careers. So might as well get the fans to show up one last time to give them a bit of support. Undoubtedly so. And that will do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks, as always, to Fordham head coach Andrew Briner, as well as wide receivers coach Andre Barboza and stalwart stallion running back Chase Edmonds. No show next Monday due to the bye week. We'll be back in two weeks after the final game of the season. And don't forget to tune in to one-on-one this Wednesday at 7 p.m. only on WFUVsports.org. This Friday, a season-opening basketball doubleheader for you. The women's team takes on UMBC. Tip-off is at 5 p.m. and we'll be on with the one-on-one pregame report at 4.55 only on WFUVsports.org. And the men's team takes on Miami of Ohio. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. And we'll be on with the one-on-one pregame report at 6.55 on 90.7 FM and WFUVsports.org. And next Saturday with no football, one-on-one will return to its usual 1 p.m. spot on 90.7 FM, WFUV.org, and WFUVsports.org. Until those times, for Dom Muscarella, producer Emmanuel Barberi, and engineer Jackson Heil, this is James Cargan. Have a good week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a production of WFUV Sports.